uh, roll up your sleeves because it's a really challenging job. If we think about it, as an SEO, we're pretty much the enemy of Google. We stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring high-performing entrepreneurs and high-caliber people dissecting their different methods, tools, and strategies so we can apply them to our businesses and lives. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure businesses that can be ran anywhere in the world. And currently, we are interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business, affect income, results, economies, and cultures, especially post-COVID. Since we moved into a post-pandemic world, the landscape has changed drastically for most business owners. We're finding out what is working for the entrepreneurs out there that have positioned themselves well to make sure their businesses thrive, succeed, and continue to experience growth in this current economy. And now... Let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. Today, you guys, Matt Diggity joins us to share how he built a seven-figure SEO location-independent business in four years. Matt is the founder of Diggity Marketing, a very well-respected SEO company that gets their clients ranked ASAP to catapult their business. On this episode, Matt and I chat about a few things that hit home for location-independent or remote entrepreneurs. We talk about the home-based travel-life balance, and Matt shares why he prefers a 60-40 split. That means that he's in his main location 60% of the time and then traveling or abroad and in other locations 40% of the time. Matt digs into the science of building and maintaining a seven-figure business with plenty of travel involved. And lastly, he shares about where SEO is headed and the ways you can manage your SEO to get better results. He's also the founder of Chiang Mai SEO Conference that takes place in Thailand every fall. And without further ado, you guys, let's welcome Matt to the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Welcome, Matt, to the podcast. How are you today? Very good. Thanks for asking, and thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend. And you're reporting live from Chiang Mai today, right on Neiman, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is where I'm based for most of the year. Um, I guess you would say I'm sort of a digital nomad, but kind of failing at it lately. Uh, but yeah, Chiang Mai is the base. So how long have you been, quote unquote, based in Chiang Mai? Let's see. I've been living in Chiang Mai for four years. But you know how it is for sorts like us. You know, you got your base and then you're traveling um, most of the time. So I say I'd be gone like 50% of the year. But Chiang Mai is my home for the what, other 50%. What keeps you there? Chiang Mai, well... Um, there's a couple things. Well, for one, everything is super easy. I think that's what a lot of people like about it. Anything you want or anywhere you want to be is accessible within a few minutes or a few dollars. Everything you want and can have is just ready at your fingertips. And it's very nicely set up for, you know, digital entrepreneurs and stuff like that with all the coffee shops and the co-working. And it's just really nicely set up for us. But 
on top of that, you know, like I like a Thailand in general, but I kind of prefer living in a quiet spot, which Chiang Mai kind of affords, right? Like if, if I were in Bangkok, I wouldn't get any work done. Right. All right, buddy, let's jump into you, man. I want to talk about how you got your start, how you grew your business into what it is today. And then we'll move into the details after that. But we'll just give you the mic and let you roll with it for a couple minutes. Okay, sure. Well, let's see. Um, we talked before the podcast, but yeah, I'm from California. My background before I got into SEO, search engine optimization, is I was an engineer, electrical engineer. And when I was working back in California, like I did exactly that. I was an engineer. And uh, believe it or not, yeah, it just started to break me. Um, 60-hour weeks were a blessing. That would have been a great week. So I started looking for alternatives to making money. And, of course, someone handed me the four-hour work week. And it was just off to the races at that point. A few side turns here and there. Um, I remember one year I just quit working as an engineer altogether and just decided, okay, I'm just going to live for a while. And I practiced yoga for a year and traveled to India and stuff like that. But also in the meantime, I started to dip my fingers into more like making money online stuff. And it was always SEO that gravitated to me that I liked. Um, anyways, went back to the States and then started working as an engineer again. But I was moonlighting like after normal work hours, I'd be working on getting sites ranked higher in Google and making affiliate money from them, you know, like selling other people's products and, and getting some passive income. That was the whole goal the whole time, passive income. I just did not want to have to be somewhere to work or have to be on the clock to get paid, right? So, um, yeah, starting to get some success with the online SEO and I started getting um, some clients as well and getting more affiliate sites. And I was getting close to the point where I was just like, okay, it's time to pack up and hit the road and really start to at least jumping into this online making money business uh, myself. And then the decision was kind of made for me. The company I was working for got bought out, so all these virtual stocks got purchased. And I was just like, okay, here's my ticket. There's no holding you back right now. So uh, sold all my stuff and packed up, moved to Chiang Mai. And this is just when I went all in on SEO. Basically, when I first got here, the game plan was to take, take some time off and just relax. I got bored pretty quick, so I just decided to go like as hard as I could in SEO. Um, just the ability to scale online is unprecedented, especially coming from a corporate background with a lot of red tape. So on top of that, I just love it. And it's just been push, 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 scale, scale, scale ever since. How long ago was that when you started out? So the first experiment started like in 2009 when I was, you know, just starting to get burnt out and playing around with affiliate SEO. And then um, about four and a half years ago when I just started to go all, all in. And did you start off with Diggity Marketing or is that something that has evolved over that four year period? Okay, so Diggity Marketing is kind of just uh, my personal brand and also what I used to blog upon. And um, in addition, I sell backlinks to other SEOs that need to get ranked. If, if people are unfamiliar with that, how SEO works, it's particularly relies on backlinks in order to get ranks. But uh, Diggity Marketing probably started about, I don't know, maybe six months to a year after I started moved to Chiang Mai. Uh, but the original plan was just build as many profitable affiliate websites as soon as possible. Nice. And can you tell about some of the, the services and products that you guys are offering? Oh, yes, yes. 
So, like I said, Diggity Marketing sells backlinks. And um, also, like, I'm getting to some other stuff, too. Uh, there's another company that I'm the CEO of called LeadSpring. LeadSpring is basically the LLC that I use to house all my affiliate SEO projects. So, like, anytime I build a new website, that goes under the LeadSpring company. Um, we realized a couple years ago the hardest part of SEO is choosing the right niche, right? Mm-hmm. As, as long as I've been doing this, I still don't have this mastered by any means. So we decided, okay, let's leverage the success of other people and help get ideas and make a win-win out of this. So we made this program called Launchpad where basically if you have an affiliate site, and it gets stuck somewhere. Let's say you run out of resources, time, or maybe even interest in the project. We would partner, we'd get it rank higher, and then we'd split the profit made on top of what you had already. So that's another thing we got going on. Um, In addition to that, I do some personal consulting to both beginner and advanced SEOs and agencies as well. And then this year, I'm excited to say I'm, I'm jumping into the conference world. We giving it a shot, see how I like it. But um, in November 3rd, 2017, we got the Chiang Mai SEO conference here and already sold 200 tickets, got some great speakers. Um, I think there's 16 VIP tickets left in case anyone is wondering. Nice. Very cool. I didn't know about that. And I think I'll be in Chiang Mai during that time. So maybe we can uh, stop over and visit. Absolutely. So with LeadSpring, I'm curious, is there any specific type of businesses that you work with or is it really open? Our bread and butter would be affiliate websites, meaning some kind of review website where they're reviewing a product, like maybe on Amazon, like, I don't know, best ergonomic chair. And like maybe someone got it to ninth on Google and then they got stuck. So we would just partner up and maybe we get it to number one. So that's like our bread and butter. And then, you know, like other websites, that would be like how to solve X, like how do you get rid of body fat, right? Mm-hmm. That's another just type of perfect affiliate website where you can make an ad for, you know, a weight loss product or some some kind of program or something like that. So that's like our bread and butter. But we have taken on e-commerce sites. We've done, uh, we're, we're working with someone that's, uh, you know, a software company, a SaaS company. So, but um, typically our bread and butter and what we're good at is the affiliate stuff. Gotcha. So let's jump into, I know you're really good at tracking and testing things. And I'm curious, picture the high five figure, six figure entrepreneur that's in the hustle and really wants to hit that seven figure. Um, What's some advice that you would give those entrepreneurs on mastering, tracking and testing all right. So, are we referring to SEO or just entrepreneurship in general? Let's do. Let's start with entrepreneurship in general, and then we can dive into the SEO specifics. I'll probably have to give this one back to Tim Ferriss, who inspired me on this one. Is just to start tracking everything. Just gather all the data you possibly can on whatever activity you do. Like in my life, in SEO, we're doing things that are very quantitative all the time the amount of backlinks we build, the amount uh, when we build them, how we built them, how fast they came in, what vendor we worked with, how t- how fast they got to back to us on response time, what kind of content we're writing. Like We track all this stuff. And most of the time, 70% of it, it's not really important to us. But that 30%, when we need that data and we're trying to decide what's the best way to optimize profits or 
who gave us the best uh, results or which kind of backlink was fastest on getting rankings, this is when it comes into play. And even though it might sound like a hassle to kind of track everything, we live in a pretty interesting world with a lot of systems and a lot of you know online softwares like Slack, Excel is just brilliant. And we have the ability to easily track stuff. And I think that's the foundation behind testing and optimizing is just having the data to work with in the first place. And then if you're going to dive into some tracking and testing for specifically uh, SEO and the science behind that, what would you recommend to those entrepreneurs? Oh, man. Like, okay, so first off, uh, roll up your sleeves because it's a really challenging job. If we think about it, um, as an SEO, we're pretty much the enemy of Google, right? Because as long as as SEOs exist – people don't have to pay for ads, right? And that's how Google makes their money. So it's in their best interest for making things challenging for us. And you're up against the company with the most PhDs on the planet. Okay, so in any kind of test in general, if you even go back to high school science, right, you typically have a control group and an experimental group, right? Control group is basically the group of test samples that you do nothing new to. This is your baseline. This is your control where this is what you're going to compare against. And then your experimental group would be the basically where you're adding in a new variable. So in SEO, let's say I want to test the effect of for this website getting a whole bunch of social signals, like a whole bunch of Facebook likes and shares and all that stuff. And I want to see how that works versus the norm. Well, first of all, like the biggest problem with this is there's no there's no such thing as two identical websites in Google. You can have one website and you can make a carbon copy of it, but it's the second site is automatically going to get penalized because Google doesn't like copying content. Okay, so right off the bat, this is a challenge right here. What you have to do in order to perform tests in SEO correctly is you have to have huge groups of test sites. So Maybe in the control group, you have 20 of them. In the experimental group, you have another 20. And then you're looking at the averages. So like the average increase in ranking speed or the average increase in profit when you do X activity. So it gets, it gets quite expensive, but you have to look at this like a scientific experiment because there's so many variables involved. There's so much going on. The algorithm is changing all the time. You really just have to kind of view it as a black box and apply the inputs, look at the outputs and guess what happened in the middle. But number one thing is you got to have a lot of test cases. What's your prediction of where SEO is headed with its relationship to Google in the next five years? Mm. Um, it looks interesting. Um, well, there's a few things involved in this, right? Like SEO is getting more challenging for a few reasons. Uh, there's less real estate on the pages. So, Mm-hmm. It, let's say you're trying to rank for, I don't know, the best coffee shop in Chiang Mai, right? You look at you look at the page one now versus the page one six years ago, and there's only like four organic search spots there. The rest is just filled up with advertisements and big old map ads and stuff like that. So it's getting more challenging. Like even if you're number one, you're still halfway down the screen now in a lot of SERP results. So that's one challenge going forward. But <clears throat> on top of that, I think the biggest challenge for SEO is going to be artificial intelligence. Hmm. So where we have 
Right now, the algorithm relies heavily on something called backlinks, where one website links to another. And it's the algorithm's best indication of whether something is popular. If someone's going to give up a backlink to another site, which is a pretty rare thing in the real world, that's an indication that the, the site that gets, that's getting linked to is good. Well, when the AI gets smart enough, the AI should just be able to look at that content and see, okay, how many factual pieces of factual evidence is there? How's the tone of this? How's it laid out? Like, does it make sense sense to other humans? Then we won't rely on backlinks. And then it's just probably a matter of who has the oldest and most visited and best content on the site, which is, that's a lot less variables to work with. And it's kind of like, Whoever has the oldest sites or whoever can has access to the best writers or whoever has the best like offline marketing tactics to drive traffic is going to win. Do you ever think Google will conform and the search results will just be completely filled with advertisements? Hmm. Mm. It doesn't look like they're slowing down right now, but uh, I don't know. Maybe... Um, Maybe Facebook will start giving them more of a run for their money with regards to search and getting answers to things. So they'll have to chill out if they have competition. But right now it kind of looks like, you know, they kind of got a monopoly. Yeah. For entrepreneurs that do want to streamline and do the most effective 80-20 for their business to get more face time with the world, how would you compare doing actual Google advertisements to SEO? What would be your advice to those entrepreneurs that, you know, there's the idea of, okay, I can just pay Google and get really good results, or I can work and backlink and try to get the best SEO results over time. What advice would you give those guys? Good question. So I guess we'd have to divide that 80-20 into two separate categories. There would be a time 80-20, like what's it's the best time efficiency and then just pay for it, right? You can be at the top of Google today. Right. In terms of money efficiency, so your money 80-20, absolutely organic SEO, right? So yeah. like the profit margins on organic search and just getting ranked higher in Google and I mean just in my business affiliate SEO, but um, I mean if you're selling your own products, you got an e-commerce, like once you're up there, you're up there and it's hard to come down and it's really cheap once you're up there. I mean, I've I've had some sites that start generating you know, 60k a month that cost, I don't know, probably fifty dollars per month to maintain once they're there, and maybe 15 minutes of time per week once it's there. But you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to get to that point. So yeah, it's it's kind of a trade-off. I would say like if you're a big business and you don't have much time, just pay for it right away. If you're going for the long haul and overall expenditure is a concern for you, then go for the SEO. I like it. Very cool. Matt, we want to chat about building a, a seven-figure location independent business. So um, I think a lot of this is appealing for a lot of people. They want to hit that million-dollar level and still have the time freedom and location freedom that we have even being a coconut cowboy making $1,000 a month and traveling wherever they want. So what are some tips and some must-dos for building and maintaining that type of lifestyle and business? 
Uh, I've never been asked this question. That's quite challenging. <laughs> I can tell you some things that have helped for me. Um, and I'm interested to hear if you've ever heard this before, because I've never talked to anybody about this before. But it does seem like when you're okay, so the one criteria of your question is location independent. So people are traveling, right? Personally, for me, what I see is that when I can have a base, that's when I grow. And then when I'm traveling around, that's when I maintain. So I schedule when I'm working on various projects to pace based on where I'm going to be. So if I know I'm going to be starting something new or working on something I've never done before or working with a team, I do that in Chiang Mai. It, when it's time to just maintain and grow the current things that I already have, then it's okay to travel. So that's a very, very clear definition in my head on how I'd balance where I'm going to be and where how much I want to grow. Have you ever heard that before? I have in ways, but not put specifically the way that you did, which I, I really like. And I want to ask, do you have a work slash maintenance or work slash travel balance, like 80% work, 20% travel maintenance, 50-50? How does it play out for you? Oh, but right now, balance is, in, is not in the vocabulary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm grind mode right now. But um, I like to do like probably 60% in Chiang Mai and then 40% traveling around. That's good. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting projects right now. So I'm kind of attached to Chiang Mai and at least scaling what's going right right now. But aim for 60-40 when things are going a little bit more balanced. I think that's a great way to do it. But you were just in Europe. Was that... Um, um, travel time or was that growth time? That was um, that was girlfriend time. That okay. was just <laughs> traveling with the lady, and yeah, we just uh, saw some old family and you know met up with. Uh, actually, it ended up turning up into a work trip. There was a bunch of friends in Amsterdam. There was a conference, but yeah, good good times for sure. Very cool. All right, my friend. I think we're going to wrap up there, Matt. That was some incredible tips and tricks and wisdom that you shared. I have to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show and sharing everything with us. And uh, we really appreciate your time. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, too. Take care. And listeners, we're going to sign off there. Thank you guys for joining us once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.